Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Depending on where you may be in the world on today, we thank you for tuning in to the Being Love in Action podcast. I am your host, Kenya C. Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. And we invite you today to tune in while we walk through one of the most love-inspired texts of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 8. So we encourage you, to pull out your journals, fill your coffee and teacups, sip your water, and listen with an open heart and mind while being inspired, empowered, and even challenged as we share through the gospel of Jesus Christ what it means to being love in action. Well, good afternoon, good morning, or good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Being Love in Action podcast. This is now our second podcast of the our second podcast of the year, and we're so excited. And not only are we excited, we believe that this word will give you so much encouragement, and it will give you another outlook on dishonor and how we can walk in love even when we have been dishonored. So today we're going to walk through the story of Joseph and his brothers. Amen. And if you're unfamiliar with the story of Joseph and Joseph and his brothers, it begins in Genesis 37 and it goes all the way to the 42nd chapter of Genesis. And through the story of Joseph and his brothers, we will learn how suffering Unfair treatment and injustices can help to develop character, even when it's acceptable or even justifiable to be vengeful and even dishonorable to those who have hurt you. Let's look at the meaning of dishonor. Dishonor means a state of shame or disgrace, to bring shame or disgrace on. And through this story, we're going to see how God used the evil actions of his brothers to fulfill his ultimate plan How God sent Joseph ahead to prepare the way for the beginning of the nation of Israel and how we can understand that God is sovereign. His plans are not dictated by human actions. So come on, jump in and let's get into this wonderful story. Amen. So the story of Joseph begins in Genesis 37 and it starts off as Joseph, who is the 11th child of his father, Jacob. And Jacob was married. He had a wife. His first wife name was Leah and his second wife was Rachel. And and Rachel was his beloved wife because actually initially when when Jacob met Rachel, the agreement between him and Rachel's father, Laban, was that he was to work seven years. And then after working those seven years, he would receive the hand of Rachel as his bride. But what happened was, was that Laban tricked or what I would say dishonored Jacob by on the night of the wedding in the marriage tent, Laban, the father of Rachel, instead of putting Rachel into the marriage tent, he put his first daughter Leah. And so what I want us to look at is three things in this story. 
We're going to look at the sin of dishonor. We're going to look at the suffering of dishonor. And then we're going to look at the love and dishonor. And with the story, it really began with Laban and the sin of dishonor. Because on that night, he tricked his future son-in-law by being deceitful and placing his first daughter instead of Rachel. Jacob did exactly what he was supposed to do by working seven years. But Laban was not honest. In fact, he was dishonorable. And what I want us to look at is that in the sin of dishonor, usually there is an a, a, a something that has transpired, an action, uh, a sinful action that puts the role or the ball of dishonor into place. And now that we have a little bit history of how the story is going to begin to unfold, we begin to understand that Joseph was the son, the firstborn of the beloved wife of Jacob. She was the wife, Rachel, that he intended in marrying from the very beginning. But instead of marrying Rachel, remember, he was given Leah. And in those times, then this patriarchal society, having sons was the blessing. And not that daughters were not considered a blessing, but sons were the ones who were able to carry on the lineage or the name uh, property and all of those things were given to sons. Daughters during that time were not able to receive land. Okay. So just so you have an idea of what, what was, was happening. So Jacob finally has a son with his beloved wife and it took years. It, it says that, you know, it was a long time before Rachel was able to conceive and Leah, the wife who he was given in deceit, bore him sons. He also had two sons with a handmaiden, but Leah, his wife, bore him many sons. And so here, as I set this up for you, remember we're talking about the sin of dishonor. Joseph was the youngest son. He was born by his beloved wife, Rachel, and, and who was barren. And not only that, He loved Joseph so much. Joseph was trained, not just in herding like the other brothers. He was educated in things of the world. And that was something that the other brothers didn't, didn't receive. The other thing was that Joseph, in, in his love for Joseph, he created this beautiful coat of many colors, which was another thing that kind of didn't sit well with the other brothers. And on top of that, he has this coat that he has. He has this, this, he's educated in, in the world things. And then the third thing was that Joseph had the gift of dreams. So here is this, this is where the story of Joseph begins. He begins to share the story of a dream he had. And in the dream that he had, he said that the, there were stalks of wheat that were bowing down to him. And it was almost as if 
He was the son and the, the weak were bowing down to him. And so his brothers who, who now they have these attitudes because, you know, their father is, is giving their brother this extra attention. He's created this coat of many colors for him. You know, he's being educated in, in things of the world. He's not just being looked at as a herder. And they felt some kind of way. They were not feeling Jacob. They were not fielding their father, but they honored their father in a sense. So, of course, they didn't complain to their father. They took out their anger on their brother. And I want you to catch this because Joseph loved his brothers. And if you read the text, he wanted to share his story with his the dream with his brothers. Not that he was trying to be puffed up and prided and about having a dream and, and, and having these stalks of wheat bow down to him. He wanted to share his story with his brothers, just like anybody would. But Joseph had no clue of his life and who he was in God and his purpose. He just wanted to be loved by his brothers. And it wasn't his fault that his brother, his father loved him in the way that he did. He had no control of that. And many times the sin of dishonor, like I said, it starts with a seed a seed of discord or something and the seed of, of dishonor that was planted was jealousy. Now these brothers were jealous of their youngest brother because he was getting attention and he was, he was being gifted by his father. And now he has the ability to have dreams. They felt some kind of way, but I want you to understand that many times the sin of dishonor doesn't just start right where you are. There's usually a history. And like I said, the history was with their father, their grandfather, I'm sorry, the grandfather of, of Jacob's sons, Laban, Laban deceit, his sin of deceit was the catalyst of the seed of dishonor that Joseph brothers demonstrated towards him. Amen. Dishonor, dishonor. Remember the text says in, in verse 5, 1 Corinthians 13, love does not dishonor. So here's something I want to share with those of us who are parents. We have to be mindful of how we treat all of our children. That's very important because I don't believe that Jacob really meant to be, and this is just my opinion, that he really meant to necessarily love Jacob and Joseph the way that he did. But Joseph was the child of the woman that he loved. And so one of the things, if you know, if you read about Leah, they said Leah was not loved. She was, she was considered not to be loved. So as a result of that, I know that her sons, they saw that and they may have felt some kind of way because not only was their mother dis not loved in the way that Rachel was, they were not loved. And so because of that sinful act that was done by Laban, he set a motion of dishonor to be incorporated into a generation. Parents, we got to be mindful in how we deal with our children and, and begin to look back on our own lives, maybe from our grandparents and, and from their grandparents. Some of the sinful nature that we see in our children. And those of us who are siblings, we have to understand maybe we, we are the maybe we are the favorite like Joseph. And no, we don't have we don't have um, 
the ability to change the way our parents may view us. But certainly as a favored child, you can be mindful of how you treat your siblings. Amen. And maybe you are a child that was unfavored. I look at David. Remember, David was not favored by his father. As a matter of fact, when, when Samuel came to crown the new king, Jesse, the father of David, he paraded all of his brothers in front of him except David. David was a shepherd. His own father didn't believe that he was worthy of greatness. But what I love about the love of God, no matter where you are in life, if you're the favored or the unfavored, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen. So the sin of dishonor starts with an action. And that action, which is sin, begins the catalyst of when dishonor began to take place in this story. And we know here with Joseph, the sin was jealousy. Part of it was not necessarily their, their own fault. And we looked at the history of, of Jacob's children and it was attached to their grandfather. Amen. And we know that dishonor always begin with a sinful action. It's passed down to generations. Here's a thought. If Laban would have, have given Rachel as agreed in the very beginning after Jacob had worked for her, would there have even been any dishonor? Would Joseph have even ever been sent into slavery? In our own lives, perhaps in our own family. And, and like I said, have you, have you thought about bridging that gap between you and your siblings? And again, like David, you know, have you tried to understand how your life and journey may be purposed by God for a higher purpose? We should always evaluate our motives when dealing with one another, with our siblings, our biological, or our spiritual brothers and sisters. Those of you who are spiritual parents, and maybe there are some that God sends to you or have sent to you in a season that are gifted and they're humbled and you love them and you see the potential in them. And then maybe you have another uh, spiritual son or daughter and maybe they are just as gifted, but maybe they're arrogant and they need to be humbled. And so you don't pay them as much attention or you don't give them the opportunities to preach and teach and minister. And then what happens with those children, those spiritual children who are operating maybe in jealousy, in that sin of jealousy or that sin of hate, they begin to sow seeds of discord within the ministry. You got to deal with that. You got to look back, look back even in your own life and begin to see how you are maybe demonstrating some things just like Laban did to his, his grandsons. And sometimes some of this stuff we bring even into ministry. So we have to be mindful of that to the spiritual parents who are listening. Make sure you have an understanding of your spiritual sons and daughters and their lineage when they come to you, when God sends them to you. And be honest enough to be able to deal with those sinful natures that you see in them so it will not begin to become a cancer within the body, within the other sons and daughters. Amen. 
So the first thing we looked at was the sin of dishonor with Joseph and his brothers. Now let's begin to look at the suffering of dishonor. So now that the brothers have, we acknowledge that they're operating in, in a spirit of jealousy and they're upset with their brother. He's telling them about these dreams and they're like, wait a minute, you know, you know, we, we, we need to do something with him because, you know, he's doing too much. And as brothers, what sin does, it festers in the heart and it begins to transform and change us so much so that we make decisions that are so far from God that we begin not only to, to stray away from what God, the, the things of God, it allows us to begin to make decisions where we cause others to suffer. And hence we talk about the suffering of dishonor. So now the brothers begin to plot. They begin to plot on their younger brother. Now, mind you, he's done nothing wrong to them, but they're dealing with their own issues toward them. And we know their issues stem back from things from a generation prior to them. And so now they decide to plot. And so the brothers sold Joseph into slavery. Can you imagine? And then the suffering not only began when they sold their brother into slavery, the deceit and the dishonor continues because now they lie to their father. And this is his beloved son who had been birthed to him in his old age with his wife that he loved, his beloved wife. So now they break their father's heart. They sold their brother into slavery. So now their brother is in a state of suffering. And now they have now brought dishonor and hurt to their family. Their father now believed Joseph was dead. And not only did they cause suffering to their father, now their whole family dynamic. And, 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 and understand this, dishonor was the action, but sin was the catalyst that created the atmosphere. So they have sold their brother into slavery. They got to deal with that every day. What they did, they got to see their father every day suffering. And what the enemy does is when we don't take things to God in prayer, when we feel these things coming up against us or we feel, you know, we're feeling some kind of way. If we don't take those things into prayer, what happens is our emotions begin to take over. Our feelings begin to take over and then we act out of the will of God. And then when we act out of the will of God, it can cause damage and destruction. Remember the word of God says the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. I'll say this and I want you to hear me. For a believer in Christ, the enemy does not want to kill you physically. Because the word reminds us over and over again, for those of us who die in Christ, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. There, that's a reward. But what he wants to do is kill your joy. He wants to kill your purpose. He wants to kill the things that God has put in you to keep you in a dead place. So he doesn't want you to die physically. He wants you to die spiritually. 
by living in a sinful mindset. So now that their brother has been sold into slavery, even in slavery, and I want you to get this, even in moments of life where things are not perfect, God will still bless you. So God blesses Joseph as he gets to Potiphar's house in Egypt, working hard. Remember, his dad taught him the things of the world. So he was learned. Joseph was learned. And so he was able to be noticed by Potiphar. And Potiphar took him into his house. Joseph is now working with Potiphar. He is, you know, honoring him. He is working hard. He's bringing blessings to the house of Potiphar. But watch what sin does. Remember, we're talking about the suffering of this of dishonor. Potiphar's wife notices young Joseph. Joseph was handsome. The word says he was a handsome man. And she notices him. Now she's married. She's the wife of Potiphar. Now what she does is she begins now to operate in the spirit of dishonor. And remember we said that wherever there is dishonor or wherever there is sin, there, there is an action behind it. There's a reason behind it. And hers was lust. She saw Joseph and she lusted for him. She wanted him. But Joseph operating in love, because remember who Joseph was. God had a purpose for Joseph. And Joseph's heart from the very beginning was always love. His actions were always those of love. Even when he was naive in his understanding, his heart, the continence of his heart was love. It was never to be dishonorable. It was never to be anything outside of what God wanted him to be. And so Potiphar's wife dishonored her husband by making advances to Joseph. And what Joseph does is he rejects her. She wanted him. But Joseph, again, he had honor. He had love in, in his heart. Remember, we're talking about what love is. Love is honor. It does not dishonor. So he loved and respected Potiphar, his boss. You know, there was a certain amount of respect. And when I said love, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about in the Eros way. I'm talking about in, in, in respect or the agape way in, in honor, the, 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 lo the love and honor. Amen. If, if you can understand that. And so he honored Potiphar. And so what the wife does is because she rejects him. Now she tells the husband, Joseph, tried to dishonor her by making advances at her. And so now Joseph brought to a place of elevation is now back to a place of suffering. What I want to remind you sometimes in life, you'll have moments when it seems that you're up and the moments it seems that you're down. I love when Paul says that's why he boasts all the more, whether he's hungry, whether he's well fed, whether he's, you know, thirsty, whether he's full, whatever the case may be, there will be times in life when there will be ups and downs. But when you operate in the spirit of love in God because of his love for you, guess what, baby? I don't care what plots or schemes are put against your life. God says the word of God says the righteous have many troubles, but he will deliver them from them all.
Amen. So the suffering continued in Joseph's life. Even after he was brought to a place of elevation, there was still suffering. I need you to catch that. It wasn't all hunky-dory. There was still a process that he had to go through. And the last thing I want us to look at, we, we looked at in the beginning, the sin of dishonor. We looked at the suffering in dishonor, but now we're going to close it out with the love in dishonor. You may be saying, well, how can there be love in dishonor? I'm glad you asked because the story of Joseph demonstrated it from the very beginning and even more so to the end. Listen to this. God will elevate you even in a place of suffering. God will use your gifts in a place of forgetfulness, forgottenness. See, now that the wife of Potiphar, she lied and said that Joseph dishonored her. Joseph was in prison. Potiphar never gave him a fair trial or anything. He took the dishonorable word of his wife who made a vow to him, who was the one married to him, but she was the one that was operating in dishonor. Sin, sin. So now she's being deceitful. She was deceitful. Sometimes we lay in the beds with deceitful people. My God. That's why we got to know. We got to know who our husbands and wives are. And we got to try to live according to the will of God, but not committing adultery or committing fornication. Because many times when we lay in the bed with people, we're laying in the bed with whatever sin or nature they have on them. But God still used Joseph gifts in a place of forgiveness, forgottenness. I'm sorry, forgottenness. He's in he's now in he's now in jail. And we know he, he served some time while he was in jail. Because he refused the advances of Potiphar's wife. And, and in jail, he met three people. But I want us to look at really the, the cupbearer. He interpreted the dream of Pharaoh's cupbearer. And when the cupbearer was released, which Joseph told him he would be, he went back to the house of Pharaoh. And then a little time passed and, and Joseph had not had, you know, was never called or anything. But the cupbearer remembered Joseph's gift of interpreting dreams. Let me say something to you, people of God. Maybe it seems like you've been in a season where you have been forgotten. And you know that you love God and you, you're operating and you're living according to the will of God. And, you, and, and you're just saying, you know, it feels like no one has, you know, no one is listening or you, no one sees you. But the cupbearer remembered Joseph. He remembered Joseph and he told Pharaoh about Joseph. Pharaoh had these dreams and Joseph interpreted the dreams. As a matter of fact, not only did he interpret the dreams, he let Joseph, he let the Pharaoh know that those dreams were stating that there was going to be a famine in the land. Seven years of famine and seven years of plenty. And because of that gift, Pharaoh made Joseph his right hand. It was called a visor. He was the right hand of Joseph. There was nothing that would be said or done without Joseph when it came to Pharaoh. 
He had just as much power. He answered to no one but Pharaoh. See, here was this story where this young man was taken from a place of familiar, his family, sold by his own brothers, and then suffered at the hands of being a slave, elevated and justly put in prison, lied on, and then now brought back from a plate, a place of deadness. He was brought back from a place of forgottenness. Genesis, and here's the end of jo, jo, um, Joseph's story. And this is where I want you to catch this. Genesis 45 and 5. And this is where we see love and dishonor, the love and dishonor. We see the love of God and we also see the love of God in, in Joseph. Genesis 45 and 5 says, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Listen, love and dishonor forgives and forgets. Joseph wanted his brothers to know that not only he forgave them, but he forgot their trespass. He forgot what they had done. He wanted them to forgive themselves. He wanted them to forget the wrong they had done to them, to him. And with deep piety, he attributed God's providence to the whole of the circumstances of his life. See, he understood in that moment that everything that he experienced was purposed. Amen. Everything that he experienced was purposed. It says, he sent me, and this is Joseph. I'm going to read it again just so we can I make sure that you catch this part because it's very important. With deep piety, he attributed God's providence to, to the whole of his circumstances. He said, God sent me to preserve your life. I want you to catch that. Genesis 45 and 5. And he said, because it was God sent me to save your lives and he sent me ahead of you. See, God used the evil actions of Joseph's brothers to fulfill his ultimate plan. He sent Joseph ahead to prepare the way from the beginning of the, for the beginning of the nation of Israel. This is where the story picks up with the nation of Israel in Egypt. And so many times, you know, Joseph demonstrated to us that he chose to love even when dishonor through injustices and suffering was brought into his life. He was reconciled to his family because he became love in honor. He literally became love in action through honor. Remember the word says, love does not dishonor. See, sometimes we'll, we'll have a, an understanding of if we really love when it's an opportunity to help someone that has hurt you or harmed you. Joseph told, chose the latter to love his brothers in spite of 
He was able to see his father again. He was able to understand that even in his life, everything was purposed for him to fulfill God's plan for his life. Listen, people of God, I don't know where you maybe are today. Maybe you are a Joseph of your family. Maybe you are, you know, you feel unloved or you've dealt with some injustices. You've been dishonored by family. Maybe you've been dishonored by your spouse. Maybe you've been dishonored by your children. I don't know who it may be. But God has a purpose for every situation. And in every situation, we can choose to love. We can look at the life of Joseph, who had every reason to never love his siblings again because of how they treated him. But he didn't. He chose to be love in action, reconciled to those things that hurt him through God. Maybe you know God for yourself. Maybe you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and Maybe you've just been in a season where you've kind of walked away from God and you, you just were unhappy. Well, today, as we close, I invite you to be reconciled to the God who loves you, a God of honor, a God of love. He loves you so much. I thank God for Isaiah 55 and 8. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. We can't always understand why God does things the way he does. But I guarantee you, it is all to work for your good, all to work for the greatness of what God has in store for your life. Be reconciled to Jesus on today. And maybe you've never, never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I invite you today to pray the prayer of repentance. Whatever things on your heart that you have in your heart, Romans 10 and 9 reminds us that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 3 and 23 reminds us, for we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Today will be a great day to have that conversation with the Lord. Simple prayer or be reconciled to the Father. And if you don't have a church home, I pray that you find a local church body to be part of. That's important. It's a community. Community of people. Ecclesia, the body. We are the church. We are to be connected to those with like-minded. Go somewhere. Find a church of a Bible-believing, teaching ministry. And I pray that as today, as, as this word came forth, that you will encourage, inspired and even empowered. I pray that you were challenged. As we say in this ministry, being love in action is a lifestyle. It is who we are through the word of God. It strengthened us to walk in love. I am King C. Williams of King C. Williams Ministries. And I encourage you on today to be love in action, to be love and honor. We love you. Until next week, 
We pray that your week, your day, and your hours are filled with many great blessings. We love you until we meet again. God bless you.